1: This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead
0: by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. When we're immature and in the flesh, we tend to look only at the outward appearance. But as we spiritually mature, we go deeper. In today's program, we're going to learn how to go straight to the heart. Our series is entitled Heartfelt and inspired, understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and here begins, how should we put it, the heartfelt and inspired defense that Paul makes of his ministry, countering the silly arguments from a group, a small group of rebels, perhaps led by a false teacher or apostle. But before he does that, he recognizes that the battle is not personality, it's not psychological, it's not social. The battle is actually spiritual. There are spiritual forces behind the rebellion and opposition, even if the opposition is unaware that they're being manipulated by these invisible things. And so we learned in the previous segment, particularly in verses 4 and 5 of 2 Corinthians 10, that we have powerful spiritual weapons that can pull down strongholds, cast down imaginations, and bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. So what Paul tells us is this very thing in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 10. Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ, let him again consider this in himself, that just as he is Christ, even so we are. Christ. What we're seeing is we're to go beyond outward appearances. But I'll say there's a second point here. In the band of verses we have, 2 Corinthians 10, 7 to 12, quit comparing yourself to others. It is a very great common thing people do. It's done all the time, but it is wrong. It is carnal. It is discouraging. It is misleading. It's like a great preacher being in mourning because he doesn't have a good singing voice. Or it would be like a very accomplished uh, pianist lamenting because they can't preach. Or it's somebody who, let's say they can run a race very well, but they don't pay attention to that. It's, they're upset because they can't bench press as much as the other person. We need to learn that for all of us, God has given us our own track our own racetrack. You don't worry about what people do in the track on the left hand or the right hand. All you do is stay on your track, run with all your might, keep the goal in mind, and run to win. Carnal comparison can hold you back. But it goes on to say, though I should boast. Paul talks about boasting. Now, boasting is, of course, obnoxious, when it's from a conceited person just wanting to talk about themselves. But it's nothing but edifying when it's somebody telling of the great things God has done or the great things God has done through others. And so Paul talks about this. He has authority received from God greater than anything that has ever been written about, and he could be forgiven by stating this fact. But his apostolic authority, which came from God, is not used for personal benefit, but for the building up of the church. Now, of course, his critics say that Paul is terrifying in his letters and his letters are powerful, but he's really, when you see him in person, he's no big deal. He's probably a little guy with a hook nose, bald head, and you can write him off as a social outcast. Well, that's what his enemies said. But I'm telling you, when the anointing is on an individual, get out of the way. So, there's a weighty warning to the big mouth critics, and it says, we dare not, in verse 12, dare not what? We dare not, we dare not compare ourselves with others, especially these critics, because God's standard is so much higher. It's time to read the whole section of verse, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 7 to 12. Our lesson is entitled, Go Beyond the Outward Appearance. And I might add, bonus, stop comparing. 2 Corinthians 10, 7-12 Do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given us for edification and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed, that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. For his letters, say they, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Let such an one think this, that such as we are in word by letters when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 7 to 12. Admittedly, friends, These lengthy verses need some explanation. So here we go. The lesson is entitled, Go Beyond Outward Appearance. I'm telling you, with such an image-driven society out there, you're going to have to work a little extra harder to be that mature, discerning, and authoritative believer. Outward Appearance, verse 7. Do you think at things according to the outward appearance? If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ. Let him consider this, that just as they think they're in Christ, well, so are we. So Paul asked people not to look at the outward varnished facade. Samuel learned, and he learned it when he went to the house of Jesse in Bethlehem, looking for a new king to anoint over Israel since God had rejected Saul. And there was Jesse, having, what, about seven or eight sons? And he looked at all the sons, and some of them looked pretty, pretty good. And God says, forget it, Samuel. I don't want this one. Even if they look good to you, they're not to me. And then the Lord says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, man or flesh looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. How extremely important this is, not only to understand God's principle, but to live by it. God is not impressed by outward appearance, because outward appearance has this amazing fleshly ability to have absolutely no resemblance with what's in the heart, and the outward appearance can look immaculately wonderful while the heart is filled with evil and corrupt things. We go on from there. God looks at the heart. The tenor of this verse is that if anyone of the rebel leaders thinks that he is of Christ, he better think twice. If he thinks he's of Christ, how much more are the apostles who have been given divine authority and have a track record of fruitfulness, how much more are they of Christ? What we're going to see in the subsequent verses, both in chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians, but also 11 and 12 and so on, that Paul is going to explain his ministry even more. It's very rare for him to have to defend himself like this. Most of the time, he's pretty thick-skinned, and he gets on with the job. But for reasons that the Holy Spirit knows, this divinely inspired epistle, in part, is a reasoned defense, not just of Paul's ministry, but of the apostolic ministry which was used so invaluably to establish the Christian church. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 8. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord had given us for edification and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed. So Paul basically says, for though I could boast... The authority that Paul received from God is greater than even what is written in Scripture or admitted of here. He could be forgiven for boasting since he was stating fact and not self-aggrandizing fantasy. His apostolic authority is used to build up the church and not for personal gain. Oftentimes, false teachers false apostles, false ministers do what they do for personal acclaim and also they do it for the money. Now, let me tell you that technically speaking, ministry doesn't attract to you much money. You're not going to become a billionaire by being in the ministry. And in most cases, you don't want to be either. Nevertheless, Ministry costs a lot of money. Not because we are wasteful, not because we have to do five star everything. Ministry simply costs money. It costs money to print Bibles, it costs money to take missionaries to the field, it costs money even to bake the bread and make the soup that is given in the kitchen for relief of people who are hungry. It takes money. Nowhere have we found, by faith alone, how to print the Bibles, make the soup, fly the missionaries, and everything else involved in ministry simply by faith alone. Nor is there a money tree either. It takes money. We don't harp about the money, although Jesus himself speaks about money a lot. Again, not because he covets money, but because it is a litmus test often of your devotion to God and your spirituality or lack thereof. So money comes into the picture here, but those who are false in the things of God, they're into it for the money, and they're also into it for the acclaim, and they're into it even for sensual pleasure. There's a lot of falsehood today as there was in the days of the apostles. So we just need to be discerning. Paul goes on to say this in verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 10. Lest I seem to terrify you by letters. Paul is saying he will not invoke his full authority, or give too much detail on it, because then he would be accused of terrorizing people in writing. In other words, if he told them the price he has paid, the kind of things he has done, the strongholds he's brought down, the enemies he has silenced, the victories he has won because of his apostolic authority, which came from God. It was God's idea, by the way, to make him an apostle. He didn't go to the recruitment office and sign up. If they heard all this, they would be intimidated, and they would possibly feel bullied. Now, remember, Paul was a bully before he repented and came to Messiah. Even though I don't believe he was a bully as an apostle, certainly not in anything I have read, still, when you have lots of authority, it can be intimidating, and to the undiscerning or to the immature, it would appear as bullying, or to the insecure too. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 10, it tells us this. For his letters, say they, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Now that's the voice of his enemies. He's getting to the nitty-gritty of these critics. They accuse him of writing weighty, authoritative, and powerful epistles. Yet, when you see him in person, say they, he looks feeble and contemptible a social write-off now for a venerable apostle like paul who has paid a high price for serving god these comments by his critics represent a new and even dangerous low when opponents cease to present reasonable grounds or arguments for their objections and begin to attack a person personally and verbally maybe about their physical appearance It is reprehensible. You know, I won't name names, but I remember where a columnist in one of Australia's major newspapers, a talking head we call them, did not like. In fact, I would say this person hated the prime minister of the day. But they weren't content just to criticize the prime minister's policies. They actually attacked The prime minister's appearance now to me this is reprehensible you shouldn't do this to any human being remember the golden rule friends treat people the way you want to be treated if you are speaking or treating somebody in a certain way ask yourself this would i want to be treated in this way and if the answer is no then don't do it to somebody else And so, I think we need to confront people like this and tell them to back off. And, you know, especially the Bible says we shall not speak evil of the rulers of our people. We can disagree with them, but we don't have to speak evil. And yet, here, these critics are speaking evil, not just of another human being, but of one of God's supreme servants. And really, they deserved a dressing down. What does Paul's physical appearance mean? Or elocution have to do with running a church, and the answer is nothing. This childish dance by the apostles' opponents is an indictment against them. And you know what? They should be read the Right Act. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't like this said about any human being, let alone the servant of God. And I hope, my friends, you will feel the same. It's about time we speak up and tell such loud it's time to be quiet. All right. Well. We are not quiet yet. We've got a little more to do. Verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 10, a weighty warning. Let such an one think this, that such as we are in word by letters when we are absent, such will we be also in deed when we are present. So, what is Paul saying? Let the big mouth critic consider this, that just as we are weighty, powerful, authoritative in our epistles, we will be the same in person. There'll be no difference from pen or person. This rebel could very well, once they heard Paul was coming, gone on long service leave when the apostle finally returned to Corinth. And then the final verse of this lesson, which is entitled, Go Beyond the Outward Appearance, says this, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some, that commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise so dare we not dare we not what compare ourselves with those who commend themselves and of course those that commend themselves are really the false teachers the false ministers the false apostles these self-appointed conceited false ministers Cannot even hope to compare themselves with the authoritative, anointed ministry of God's genuine apostles. Therefore, they have no choice but to compare themselves with themselves because if they tried to do it with the apostles, it would be like comparing sardines with whales, or chihuahuas with great Danes, or rowboats with aircraft carriers. I think you have the message. Now, remember again, our lesson is entitled go beyond the outward appearance. And our lesson for life is this. God's quality control is a transformed heart, not lip service and outward appearance. God's quality control is a transformed heart, not lip service or outward appearance. Remember to go to our homepage where you can subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter with articles on Scripture, Victorious Christian Living, and current events in the light. Of god's word and also please visit us at our facebook page teach all nations education and thank you for liking our page heavenly father help us to be wise discerning mature believers who go beyond outward appearance and image and with the x-ray vision of the holy spirit we look at the heart our own first as well as others. And Lord, help us to remember we are here to build up people and to build up your kingdom, not to tear them down with words and with actions. Help us to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. In Jesus' name, amen.